This week, elite athletes from around the world will compete for personal glory and national pride at the Summer Olympics in Japan. Many of these competitors have trained their entire lives so they could excel at their chosen sport. It appears as if a lifetime of focused commitment to one skill is essential to become the best of the best. But there may be more than one path to earning laurels in athletic competition. New research published in the journal Perspectives on Psychological Science reveals that practicing a variety of sports as a child may give athletes a leg up later in life. I'm Charles Blue with the Association for Psychological Science, and today I'm talking with Arne Gulich with the Technical University of Kaiserslautern in Germany. Welcome to Under the Cortex. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. You have been studying what makes a champion. And in that, I think of people like Tiger Woods, who started very early practicing golf, or the Williams sisters, who trained diligently at tennis from a very early age. Your results suggest that's not the only path to greatness. Can you tell us what have you found? Right, Charles. There were two major findings. The first was that athletes like Tiger Woods, the Williams sisters, or Simone Biles, champions who specialized in their sport very early, are the exception rather than the rule. That is, most of the best athletes in the world rather played multiple sports as a kid, and they specialized in their main sport relatively late. So well-known examples of this kind of, of early diversification is, for example, Roger Federer, Usain Bolt, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Rafael Nadal, Yelena Izimbayeva, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, or Michael Phelps. Athletes who are widely regarded as the greatest of all time in their sports. The second finding was that the factors that determine short-term performance during youth age were not only different, but they were opposite. So the young athletes who reach the highest youth performance levels rather tend to specialize early in a single sport, they intensify specialized training, and do little or no other sports. So this is probably also one of the reasons why most prodigies do not become adult world-class and why most adult world-class athletes were not prodigies in their early years. Could you explain that a little bit more when you talk about being prodigies? Where is this breakoff point between the child and the adult? It's not actually a breakoff point. It is a process, and I would imagine it the following way. If you increase specialized practice in one sport, this has benefits, costs, and risks. So, for example, increasing the amount of main sport practice you do as a child, you will have benefits in that your current performance is boosted. On the other hand, you have costs in that you have less time left for other activities like education, study, time with friends, other hobbies, and so on. And you have increased risks. The more you increase your specialized practice, the more the risks of motivational decline of future uh, overuse injury and also of burnout increase as well. So both benefits and costs and risks increase with increasing practice. And at some point, this ratio between the sum benefits and the sum costs and risks turns negative. Does that make sense? That does. So you didn't actually go ahead and, and follow a group of children through adulthood and compared how they trained for a particular sport. This is looking at the existing data. Yeah. So um, it is not possible to experimentally manipulate participation variables in elite athletes over multiple years. 
So the method of choice is typically um, sport biography, interviews, or questionnaires. And um, we collected all the relevant studies of this kind and uh, aggregated the results in our meta-analysis. So our procedure was guided by the PRISMA, that is a very rigorous internationally recognized guideline for conducting meta-analysis. We screened more than 10,000 primary studies. Of those, 51 studies were relevant from 1998 to 2018. In our sample, there were quite a lot of really high-performing athletes. For example, it included 680 world-class athletes, including 404 international medalists. Of those, 209 were gold medalists. As a personal question, I think of athletes like Tiger Woods, who specialized very early and excelled at the beginning of his career, but then started having physical problems, most likely related to possibly repetitive strain, as, as you mentioned. Is that part of the data you looked at, these athletes who, <laughs> because of constant repetition, eventually were unable to achieve their best, not from burnout necessarily, but the toll it takes on the body. Yeah, uh, we did not, but other researchers did. So one of the most famous uh, research groups in, in this area is the one of David Bell from Carolina. Sorry, I don't remember which of the Carolinas. So um, there are research teams from sports medicine, and they actually studied these questions, and they also did a meta-analysis on it just uh, quite recently, 2018 and 2019. So um, the following... There are athletes who specialize early and get injured later, uh, particularly overuse injuries. So that's not acute injuries. You're injured because someone kicks your leg and your, your bone is broken. So that would be an acute injury. But here we're talking of, of overuse injury. So um, inflammations, loss of cartilage, this sort of injuries, right? Or back pain. Now, there are specializers who get injured. There are specializers who do not get injured. There are diversifiers who get injured later, and there are diversifiers who do not get injured later, right? So when we have a situation like that in science, we typically start to count. So how many specializers suffered later overuse injuries and how many did not, and how many of the diversifiers developed later overuse injuries and how many did not. And now we can compare the, the two groups, and that's what those researchers did. And the findings were pretty clear that athletes who specialize early and intensify specialized practice during childhood and adolescence have a higher risk of developing overuse injury later in their development, while athletes who do multiple sports as a kid have a reduced risk of developing overuse injuries later in their development. This may be probably one of the reasons, it's not the only one, but it's probably one of the reasons uh, why they had a more sustainable long-term development into adult world class. As, as someone who has suffered their fair share of uh, overuse injuries later in life, perhaps I should have picked up one or two other sports when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did five sports and I also suffered uh, overuse injuries. Bringing this conversation then full circle, what do you think about Olympic athletes and future generations of athletes? Does this research suggest more effective means to achieve greatness for our next generation of competitors? Um, yes, Charles. Uh, we believe that the, the research has some important practical implications, mainly in two regards. The first is the design of youth training. So uh, actually, stakeholders of youth sport programs make a choice. 
to reinforce rapid youth performance at the, at the expense of long-term adult performance and athletes' well-being through early specialization, or to facilitate long-term adult performance and athletes' well-being at the expense of rapid youth performance. This would be through early diversification. Now, in this context, it is important to know most children want to do various sports. They want to get to know various sports. They want to play various sports. If they do not, this is by adult influence, mainly coaches and parents. There is still many coaches and, and, and many parents are still adhere to that myth that early specialization, early intensification of, of specialized practice was necessary or at least beneficial to long-term development. We knew and now we know even more obviously uh, that this is a myth which is untrue, that the opposite is true, right? So instead, adults, parents, coaches should encourage kids and provide them the opportunities to play various sports. And this will also have another effect. The talent pool of a country will be enlarged. Really? How do you mean the talent pool will enlarge? That that more people have the opportunity to try more sports so they may find a passion that they didn't know was there previously? Yeah, this is one of the factors. You're right, Charles. So generally, if we know that multi-sport participation as a child is beneficial to long-term future uh, performance development, the implication is that if more children play various sports, there will be more children who have a high potential for long-term performance development. So that is, we have more talents. And that results in large talent pool of a country across all regions, all sports, and so on, right? There may be different explanations how this works. I would like to mention two important facts from original studies. One is that adult world-class and adult national-class athletes did not differ in their performance development until late adolescence. They only diverged in early adulthood first. The second is the effect of the diverging performance development between both groups happened various years later. So this multi-sport engagement does not have a direct effect on the performance in one's main sport, but it has a delayed effect that is, uh, we call it a moderator effect. Moderator effect means that the experience you've had in playing multiple sports facilitates the efficiency of your practice in your main sport various years later. The next question would then be, uh, how does that happen? So how can the experience in various sports facilitate the efficiency of your specialized practice years later? Uh, You already mentioned one of the reasons, that's the risk of overuse injuries. Another one is the selection of your specialization sport. So if a kid plays various sports, he or she will have experience in those various sports, and that increases the likelihood that he or she finds the best sport match for him or her individually. Kids do not know what's in a sport. They do not know what will the coach be like, what are the tasks like, am I going to like the activity, what what peers am I going to be with right? They do not know that from outside. They have to be inside a sport to get to know that. So by experiencing various sports themselves and by their own experience, they can make a better choice on focusing on one specialization sport. And this will have a greater certainty and greater sustainability, that decision, right? So in short, the probability 
of choosing a sport that one is particularly talented for is increased. That is the second uh, uh, approach. And we believe there is a third approach that is learning. If you play various sports, you're exposed to a variety of uh, learning tasks, learning situations, learning methods, different coaches, different peers, and so on. And those variable learning experiences may help you actually become a smarter learner at the long term. There is a, another second aspect uh, that concerns talent identification programs and talent development programs. So we're talking of, for example, uh, high school selection teams, youth sport academies, or the youth squads of the sport federations. These programs typically start selecting young athletes by their current performance around pubertal age. The highest performing athletes at that age are typically those who have already done the greatest amounts of specialized practice in their main sport and typically have done little or no other sports. Once selected, those programs aim to further intensify the specialized practice. So this strategy will likely have two negative effects. One is that the long-term potential of the selected athletes is actually reduced by both the selection effect and the treatment effect of those programs. But there is another effect. We call that a sort of radiating effect. So this sort of selection uh, criteria based on current performance may encourage all those young athletes together with their coaches and parents who aspire to be admitted to such programs or to receive a sports scholarship to actually uh, reinforce a specialized practice. On the other hand, in our data, we see that the senior world-class athletes were actually only selected at a later age into such talent programs than their national class counterparts. That is, early selection into talent development programs was negatively correlated with long-term world-class performance. So a general implication for this kind of, of talent development programs and talent identification programs would be twofold. One is to generally postpone selection to later ages. And the other one would be to consider the young athlete's preceding participation history. Because a history of multi-sport participation is a significant predictor of one's long-term performance potential. Had I uh, the opportunity to go back and uh, make different choices of my uh, little, little league specialization, I would uh, most likely do that. Uh, who knows where I would be today? <laughs> But actually, I am with the Association for Psychological Science, and you've been listening to Under the Cortex. I've been speaking with Arnie Gulisch with the Technical University of Kaiserslautern in Germany. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you too, Charles. If you like learning about the way we think, behave, and learning about the world around us, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on the Podbean app. 